0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse.
1: Hello, I'm
0: Paul.
2: Hello, I'm Marissa.
0: We're going to talk about Blade Runner, the 1997 video game, or computer game, um, by Westwood Studios. Um... This was, uh, recently added to the good old games catalog and made functional, um, so modern computers can play it. And, uh, I, they're calling it a video game. I don't, I think it was just for, uh, it was just for PCs back in the day, but now it can play on, you know, Xboxes and Nintendos and all that stuff. Um, I don't buy a lot of stuff on, uh, GOG, but, uh, this worked perfectly. Did you guys have any hmm. trouble? No,
1: I had no, no issues. I mean, I've I've seen. I mean, before God attempts to have old games work on new computers, and sometimes, yeah, just because they ran slow processors, the new computers just can't run them. Whereas this ran much more smoothly. I mean, yeah, it's not my generally my style of game, but it worked. But from a technical standpoint, it was
0: just fine. So uh, let's talk about what style of game it is and why we're talking about a game. <laughs> because yeah, because it's and- interesting, right? So it's not just another excuse to uh, talk about Blade Runner in a, uh, and a and do Android Stream it also and Electric Sheep. Uh, well, I, I, the reason I wanted to play it in the first place is because I liked the movie and I read the book at some point. Um, but actually, I I had this game. I bought it used at a thrift shop or one of those used video game shops and I played it and I thought it was amazing. And then I, it got really ex- expensive on eBay. And so I ripped the discs and uh, sold the original, you know, the package and mm-hmm. made tons of money off of that. And very happily. And then I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll play it again. And, and the disc didn't work. <laughs> so, oh. so uh, years later, uh, good old games, put it up for, I think it was 10 us 13 Canadian or something and, uh, when we decided to do it, you had you played this before, Marissa?
2: Yeah, this I'm pretty sure this was my introduction to uh, Blade Runner and Philip K. Ditt.
0: Hmm, it's a good one. Paul, yeah. had you, you, you said you hadn't I played not this played before, this right?
2: Before, no,
1: I'd heard about it, but I never actually played it.
0: So, uh, what's cool about this game is, is very strange. It's, it's a point and click adventure, which is a genre, um, that, has rapidly diminished or massively diminished in terms of popularity. You know, almost every game today is first-person shooter or isometric, uh, I don't know, League of Legends style, top-down, click, 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 click game. This is more like run your mouse over the screen looking for things to click on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Make your guy walk across the room. It's very
2: meditative game i i, I mean
1: <laughs> M- 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 mist was the basically the the er ur- example of this sort of game king's
0: then. quest my friend king's quest
1: I, I i i think mist was earlier than king's quest but still is that that we're talk, talking police about, like, quest,
0: like, king's quest king's
1: quest day of the tentacle i played a I played some of these i didn't really grok grok or except go for them i I gravitate back towards strategy games instead, but I played a few of them. And King's, and, uh, Kings
0: Quest and, is uh, 1980, I think. Mist is way later. Yeah, um, I thought
2: Mist was a bit later than a lot of them, wasn't it? Like mm-hmm. it was just the really popular. It was a hugely popular
0: genre because what it did was it took graphics but didn't make the game impossible to play by having lots yeah. of shit moving around. There's just one thing moving and it's you <laughs> as you walk mm-hmm. across and then something will happen. When you click on something, some guy comes out and you know, something falls off of a ladder or whatever. Um, but it, it in replaying this game, I realized, Oh yeah. Yeah. These are like sets, right? So there's a set and then you go in, there's maybe a little problem to solve and then you'll come back to that place. Um, mm-hmm. But the difference in this game is that it's all Blade Runner, right? So it's the sounds of Blade Runner, it's the uh, sort of scenario of Blade Runner, and it's, it's also. The it's the mood. It's the mood, yeah. Mood. It's always yeah. raining in every scene. <laughs>
2: it's so moody. like it's Even like underground, it's
0: dripping, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: And, and you wind up in very, those sewers a lot in
1: this game, over and over. Like, let's go, let's go through the sewer again.
0: Oh, man. There's a, a little bit too much sewer action. Um, but I, what I will point out is that it's still a story, and it's still storytelling. And um, I, uh, when I played it originally, I replayed it as well. It's totally replayable. It's um, very replayable. Yeah. Me, so. I, so I did 10 hours total on it this time, which is not... Um, as much as you could put into it, but I also watched the walkthrough somebody did, you know, wordless, without commentary, just, you know, the guy playing, uh, through it. And, um, it is, it's really interesting. Um, there's even, uh, did you guys notice that somewhere deep in the, uh, operating system for it, there is a, like, a designer's cut, <laughs> something like that? No. Yeah, there was like a little tick box, and I don't know what that did exactly, but I remember playing it originally back whenever it was in 2000 or whenever. And uh, I remember that it was different the second time you go through, and the third time there there are different things that can happen, different choices you can make. The sets are the same, <laughs> um, right? But well, because uh,
2: even who the characters are is randomized at the start, right? So every yes. time. You yeah it, the, even if you made the exact same choices, the story could still work out differently because the characters are different so, not
1: to mention what you're what you're uncovering i mean if you, if you sure. can, uh, basically from what I gathered you can basically uncover whether you are a replicant or you're not a replicant mm-hmm. depending on how deep you dig and where you dig and so, that's kind of so randomized. were
0: you were you a replicant in your first play in this session
1: i I was not a replicant I was human.
0: Marissa,
2: um, so I didn't quite get to the end of this playthrough. I didn't yeah,
0: didn't but you know, it before it, the end,
2: it, it was heading towards a replicant. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I I was definitely a replicant, yeah. <laughs> which is the way I like it. <laughs> I like being I one of these you know, yeah, horrible I mean, I did, creatures I'm killing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, the revelation where Ray, I guess is his name. He he's. Uh, Man, what's so cool about this game is that it has the things that we thought were cool in the movie, right? Like the Esper. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. having a camera, uh, you know, computer system that can zoom in on a reflection and turn around and
2: so fun.
0: So cool. With right? the same
1: sounding. <laughs> yeah, that was so, so great.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it's, like- it's, it's, it's like, um, it's, you know, the gun part of the game, that's sort of the least good part of the game where you, you know, try and shoot the things faster. You know, there's a, uh, I don't know, gun range where you go in and shoot replicants or non-replicants and try and get your score higher. That part sucks. I mean, as a, yeah. as a modern it's- game, that's sort of what we always do anyways. But this is uh, just the Esper system and the interactions the surprises
1: yeah and, and yeah and and the fact is as as you as you as you said, said that uh going in since things are randomized you can't you have you're basically uncovering the answer rather than moving towards a particular answer i mean um have and either you played near automata
2: Mm-mm. no i
1: haven't it, yet it, 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 it's it's a, it's a it's a modern computer game it's Kinda of action adventure, but it has all sorts of weird elements. But the weird thing is once you've finished it and gotten to an ending, then you can replay it and get other different endings based on the fact you did the first one. So that kind of reminded me of this one where here, you're not branching off the previous place, but it's just the whole the whole branching of the different ways you can slot down to various endings upon which which of the choices. Do you kill Guza or didn't or don't you? At end. and basically work your way down to various uh, various endings and it's given the slight randomness and the Phil k dick uncertainty about what's going on it's kind of hard to pin down to an ending you want which I found really interesting you it's hard to actually steer the narrative in the direction you want it's almost like riding it in some senses, like, oh, this is what's going to happen, which is why I was, uh, kind of like, I'm not like, oh, I'm a human. That's not quite what I was hoping for. I was kind of hoping for a replicant, but this is what I'm going to go with. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's true. Some pieces are out of your control, and some pieces are. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is why I can have so many different endings. Like mm-hmm. it, it was 13, right?
0: 13 kind of or 13, 26, yeah. depending on... Uh, uh, yeah, there's... there's um, there's uh one mentioned in a interview uh where you you go to the moon bus, you haven't killed any of the replicants because you're planning to help them, right? And uh instead of uh you know <laughs> instead of uh escaping with them to the off-world colonies uh, you you get them all lined up to go into the thing, and then you shoot them all right before the end.
1: <laughs> oh <my> what? <laughs> oh my god!
0: And then uh, they say, "Good job, Slick." That's <laughs> <was> like no. Wow, <laughs> ah, that's
1: a do- that's a dark human ending. Very I dark. I didn't get to there. <laughs> no. I mean, I was killing replicants, but not in like mowing them down
0: like that. And watching those endings uh, that are collected into that video on YouTube, um, you see like. <laughs> it's it's interesting because there's the ending from the original Blade Runner, right? The one that was theatrical cut where they're in the car driving through the tunnel into Northern California or wherever it's supposed to. It's actually the ending of uh, that Stephen King book or Stephen King movie, right? A little extra footage. You know what I'm talking about?
2: No, which, which Stephen King movie? So
0: in the original cut of Blade Runner, the one that's in the theaters... Sean oh, yeah. Sean Young and uh, uh Harrison Ford are in a ground car driving
2: Oh, that's right. Right.
0: over some landscape some
2: footage from something
0: else. Yeah, it's actually from the Stephen King uh Stanley Kubrick movie about the, ho- the scary hotel The Shining, the Shining, right? Yeah.
2: So, that's so right. it's just
0: some extra footage there to give it a sense of a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so in the doing, game, which
1: is like- Which is like the weird happy, which is the weird fake happy ending of Brazil, the same sort of idea.
0: Right. So in in the game here, we get that fake happy ending, and it's available in three different major forms. One is you're driving off with the uh, uh, 14-year-old pink-haired... Um, sex slave, whatever she is, right? Yeah. And right. And
2: Which I'm choosing to believe <laughs> is he's going to adopt her and send her to school. I guess, yeah, not, but yeah, yeah, not, yeah.
0: But really, they're 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 only going to live four years, so it doesn't. She's not really four years old. She's not really 14 years old, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's the you drive off with the adult replicant, um, and it's the same basically dialogue, except maybe there's some sexual tension there. And then you can drive off alone. (laughs) And sometimes you drive off with the hope that you're going to be able to live more than four years. Sometimes you drive off with uh, no hope. Uh, But then there's the alternative ending where you get on the moon bus or you don't get on the moon bus. The moon bus ending. And because the moon bus is something we hear about, sort of, in uh, the movie but we don't see, I think that's much more interesting. And that's mm. the one I always preferred. Um, did you guys, either one, you get one, a moon bus ending?
2: No, I didn't finish yeah. the, the playthrough. So
0: so it's, it's actually quite a hard game to figure out like what you're missing to make sure I it all there. happens. That's a very, it
2: really is.
0: It's a very, <laughs> uh, there's a walkthrough out there. Um, that helps you. But basically, if you miss like a little thing, you're going to have to keep on the Esper. You're going to have it. It's, it's, uh, unrelenting in a way that games were back then. Uh, whereas today, everything is tutorialized to death. <laughs> um, so that they make sure you know what you're doing, right? Which is useful. And I, I'm all in favor of that. But it, it was just a feature of the games back then. You sort of knew how you had to know DOS. you needed to know whether your graphics card was capable of displaying VGA graphics and stuff like that. So, um, in this case, uh, the moon bus ending is, um, something you, you get a preview of if you're, uh, in the moon moon bus track, uh, when you see a photograph of uh, yourself and you say, that can't be me. (laughs) When you've, that's, that's the thing that makes me love this game is the revelations that like, wait a second. I might not be what I think I am, right? Mm-hmm. You've got this dog at home that you love. Is it a real dog? Well, we'll see. <laughs> Are you real? Oh shit. I never thought about that. Um, so uh, the moon bus ending is actually not called the moon bus in. In the original movie, but if you remember, um, when, uh, Deckard is taken to the police station by Gaff at the beginning of the movie, um, he says, if you're not, uh, cops, you're little people. And he gives this speech, right? He explains that the, um, the replicants that Deckard is going off, off to kill, um, landed off the coast, um, And that there was like six of them or something like that. And that's what we have here too. That moon bus is... is What's so interesting about this game is it's a parallel story to the one in the movie Blade Runner. But because it's like 10 hours long, we get a lot more world building than we see just in the Blade Runner movie. So take for example... Um, the cheese. <laughs> Did you guys find the cheese? <laughs> you find the cheese and then you go and confront the uh, lady who's, who's, uh, been s- using cheese in her, her jerk chicken rep- recipe, except it wouldn't be chicken, it'd be fake chicken, right? A real cheese in her, <laughs> in her jerked, uh, chicken recipes. And, uh, and then, That leads you down another trail, blah, blah, blah. But the important part is there's a level where food and meat and it's – Mercerism is never called out in here. But we get, like, this whole level of veganism. Everybody in this society must be vegan because it's illegal and immoral to eat eggs.
1: Right, because or right, right, because the entire—I mean, because the inciting incident is the death of real animals.
0: That's right, animal right, murder,
1: and that's all—that's almost as bad as killing people in this world.
0: It you is, know? it is murder, right? And that is something that's not really touched on in the movie. We see all these artificial animals, but we don't understand. In the way. So, this book is a bridge between, or this book, this game is a book, be- a bridge between the movie and the original novel's sort of world building. The it do really Android a, stream It
2: feels of, like they really love both people who made this game.
0: The people who made this game paid fucking attention, right? They weren't doing mm-hmm. it half assed. They were saying, we love that movie, we need to expand this idea how are we going to do that and some of the scenes feel like they're out of Philokidic's other novels like uh what's the one with uh fake lincoln <laughs> robot lincoln i don't remember the name of it but uh but the, that that one also shares um rachel rosen um is a character in there you you know the one i mean it might be called the simulacra or simulacrum mm-hmm. In any case, oh, no. no, no, no set in no. Seattle. Build, yeah, yeah,
1: we can build you.
0: Might be it's we can story, build you, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, we can build you as the Lincoln. Where he's law. going
0: to therapy and there's this contract, right? So some of the scenes where we're interacting with the, uh, the 14-year-old pink-haired girl who's talking about her father, who's actually a replicant, right, um, named Clovis, I think. Um, yep. that, yeah
1: Clovis, yeah, Clovis is the, yeah, the, the he's, leader of uh, He's the Ray Club Batty Batista. of
0: this story, right? He's the leader of the group. Um, but we also overlap with, um, we see like some of the real actors from the original movie are in it. Play, James Hong playing the eye guy. Yeah, <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> we is. Got
2: Jeff Garland playing the. Uh,
0: Jeff Garland, yeah, he's in Boyce there. G. Yeah, <laughs> he, he wasn't in the original movie, but he's good there too. No
2: it's just brian james
0: uh, at the yukon hotel so good he says he says uh uh he says um uh is some vocab word he doesn't know he says what's that (laughs) just like he does (laughs) in the movie right tortoise as well. what's yeah what's that because <laughs> he doesn't know because he's only four years old right <laughs> it's really and jf sebastian played well william sanderson you get to walk around his house mm-hmm. Um it's it's eerie it's like being in the movie in a certain sense
2: right like i really wonder if i hadn't played this game um first like i don't know if i ever would have fallen in love with blade runner as much as i did i feel like i played this game and was in this crazy world and then watched the movie later and mm. the movie just brings back all the memories of the game for me
0: it sure does and you know the the just being able to see sets like the uh the opening a uh, walk walk restaurant with the giant dragon tongues in out in uh the lights and and, it's the smoke and the rain and the, and, and landing, and landing on the
1: police headquarters Mm. in the car and, 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 and the room and, and, and that sunlit room that, uh, Terrell has Mm -hmm. is like, it felt really like, you feel like really like coming back home in some ways. I mean, yeah, I, I made fun of the whole sewers and stuff, but there's enough of,
0: there's a lot of sewers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. With uh, enough of the original world. Yeah. Like I felt, completely connected like yeah this is all part of the same world as the movie and we just walked if I walk that way I could I could wind up there if I wanted to
0: and the music uh, that is so distinctive in the film is here we've got the uh, I was really surprised by uh, the enhancement I guess is what they did is the background voices are all separated out in the audio so like when I first go to Chinatown I'm like, is there somebody in the hallway talking? Cause it feels like it's off to the right.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it turns the out sound that it's is
2: so good. It's game. very,
0: very good. And combined with the visuals, it's very grainy as well. But that graininess, especially when you're in the Esper, right? You've got this grainy photograph and then you zoom in and it re- resolves that enhance. It's a whole, you know, meme, right? Enhance. Yeah. Um, but it, it all combines into a wonderful, wonderful game.
2: Yeah, and I think that graininess... I mean, maybe it's a little bit of nostalgia and stuff on my part, but I I think I really like it. And I looked at the YouTube video of the remastered version they're making mm-hmm. to, that compares them, and it doesn't look as good to me because it's too smooth, and they all mm-hmm. kind of look like weird claymation smooth, um, but still with that old-style animation, so... I don't know. I think the graininess and pixels kind of just yeah. adds to it. Well,
0: there's a, there's a 8-bit love out there, right? For people who like the uh, Mario characters and all, and there's modern games that sort of. A of, a bit, a of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, but the thing is, is it's like, um, impressionism, right? You understand that yeah. they have the ability to do it another way and they are choosing not to. Um, and that is becomes a, uh, a genre, right? Becomes a, a style of art. And that's why this game is more like a novel, more like a story in that you are like, I did, like I said, I watched the walkthrough, but that's not the same as when you are the guy clicking on that, that picture and seeing yourself standing behind the moon bus. Yeah. Right. I say, mm-hmm. that can't be me because that's echoing in your own head. You say, wait a second. Yeah. That's what I look <laughs> like. Right. That's right. And so I was thinking a lot about this game in the light of, of seeing the sequel movie 2049. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is, it's an okay movie. Um, but the, the worst part about it is that it's got stuff that is not it's like unresolved plot threads because they're setting up the next film or something, which, but which it, is
1: never going to happen. Yeah,
0: but it feels like, like, you could go back and replay the game and go down different paths and find out why those cutscenes happened, because this game is full of cutscenes, right? And you, unless you select one of the dialogue options, and I'm, I'm not sure you did. Um, you actually don't really have any dialogue options. It's just click, right? So there, there are, there is a mode where you can select what form of dialogue you want. Did you, what did you guys choose?
2: Yeah, I chose that one where, uh, yeah, uh, where you can choose. I think. Yeah. But then I don't think yeah. it came up.
0: Uh, you sort of have to, I I think there's like a right clicking involved in a little menu pop up thing. I just did, I just did the normal. But there, there's also, like, this is, um, this is something. You
1: can change your demeanor.
0: Yes. So this is something that we see in much more modern games like Fallout 3 and 4 and New Vegas, right? Where you have a dialogue tree.
1: And Mass Effect. Yeah, you get, Conversation
0: wheels. Right. A conversation wheel where you can choose how to respond, uh, whether you can be the good cop, the bad cop, or, you know, random cop. <laughs> and, uh, that, uh, that, you would think that that would make it more, um, uh, this is kind of the dilemma, I think, with a lot of games is they think that the more options you're given, the more immersed you are. So like right. with some, some games, it's all about custom. The, it, it, you could see the way they advertise games back in the day is they say you can put yourself in there. And this is sort of a, a really awful, terrible genre of book as well, Marissa, where you, you have a book, um, that ha, will, published with your child's name in it (laughs) and they'll oh
2: i had one of those right
0: right look look, marissa you're in the book the protagonist
2: i will say though it delighted me when i was a kid i thought it was so cool
0: right but notice you don't need it every time right you sort of get past the idea (laughs) and then you might notice that like the marissa in the book is not doing exactly the things that (laughs) that you would do yeah (laughs) right so there's a, a disconnect there so the fact that I'm not uh, Harrison Ford is not a big problem for me, and the fact that I'm not uh, Ray, whatever he is in this, um, McCoy, doesn't, is not a big problem for me either. And I bet yeah. your, him being a man is not a problem for you, right? Like, we just get into this when we're reading novels, but we can also totally get into it when we're playing games.
2: Yeah, I way prefer that in games. Like, I 100% don't want to play myself in a game. No! I want, to, <laughs> I want another character and another person, like, experiences and decisions that I wouldn't choose. In like, what, Yeah, I, I play games and read these things to get away from my life. Not, <laughs> right. Not, not stuff as a, author avatar. Like, like, like that yeah. creeps me out that people make their characters look like themselves. Yeah, no, that's, stuff as well. that's
0: kind of <laughs> that's obsessively so strange. Um, yeah. But uh, I noticed in the walkthrough that I watched um, a lot of, the, uh, the person, you know, he didn't have a perfect knowledge of the game, whoever's playing it.
1: yeah, because, yeah, because I watched a little bit of that and he kept going back and forth. Yeah, and he'd
0: save and he then did. screw up somehow. Like there's a rat you have to shoot at a certain time when it's on the bridge. Otherwise you'll collapse into it, right? So he saves and then goes back and does stuff. But sometimes you can see he's, he's frustrated or you can see he's just playing around. So he would like save the scene and then shoot the guy. <laughs> And then, and then, okay, no, that was not a good idea. And he goes back and undoes that killing. Right? This
1: I, I did wind up in jail myself a couple of times. I <laughs> sure. had to reload.
0: Sure. And the thing is, is there's a um this is what makes it more immersive is that we theoreticalize our own behavior in the real world um with no saves, right? <laughs> There are many times, I'm sure, in your life where you would want have wanted to save a game right before. Yeah, you
1: mean like when I went off trail on my recent trip and thought, oh, God, I've gone the wrong well, way? Yes, well, it was not a,
0: a, a fatal game. move there, Paul. But I'm sure, you you know, you've got into a car accident or something, broken a bone, where you said, if I just rewound five minutes, I could yes, totally I do better.
1: broke my leg. Yes.
0: This is, this is something that humans do. Right. And so when we talk about, uh, a book and what characters are doing in the book and what you think's going to happen, what you think they're going to do, this is a very, um, important and, um, very human thing. This is why stories are so important to us, I think. So the, looking at this as a genre, we can see it does the same or similar things to what fiction does, but it's also immersive in a different way than a good novel is, or a good short story, or a good TV show. It It is not the same thing, Watch watching all the cutscenes as it is playing through the game. In fact, I think, if you think about some of the games like in the mid-90s, sort of uh, around the time period this game was coming out, they were doing a lot of cutscenes for games like... Um, I guess it was a little later. You mentioned it earlier, Mass Effect. That had Mm -hmm. way too many cutscenes for Mm -hmm. me. I was like, God damn it, can't I skip? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Fallout has way fewer. And I found that much more epic. But. much more, much more like I'm
1: actually playing a game rather than just watching a series of cutscenes. Yeah, it's like
0: watching someone else play a a game versus playing it yourself, right? But I never felt that in this game. When the cutscenes happen, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is going to be important for me later. <laughs> Whereas in, uh, you know, Call of Duty cutscenes, I'm like, oh my god, get over with the briefing. Let me get the shooting started. <laughs> right?
2: I think another thing on this game that I didn't realize until way too late is that, like, part of the strategy is that um, saving and mm-hmm. replaying your options. like. Mm-hmm. Probably the first half or so, I just like I chose an option and went with it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I saw that playthrough that I was like, "Oh, that's kind of how you play. You save before every yeah. interaction, and then <laughs> like try out your options and see what happens." And...
0: Yeah, uh, it, yep. it it it's it's actually like it's um it's something you should probably teach to kids. Uh, this is what we just te- give kids computer games for school and they say like how to enjoy your life properly. Basically make sure that you're saving a little bit of money, make sure that you give enough time for doing your homework later, <laughs> brush your teeth, right? <laughs> because sometimes bad things happen, right? <laughs> and you get down a bad path. You hang out with the wrong people. You end up killing characters you don't want to kill, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i didn't want to be a, a murderer of all these replicants turns out i i was um well i was thinking
2: when, when you were talking about that before that like it's kind of like what good relationships are like yes. they're the ones that let you like take it back and mm. do like a reload yep like you're like oh i was such a dick i'm gonna can i take that back yep. And you're like all right. Deleted from my mind. Carry
0: <laughs> on. <laughs> well, but the only way that's possible, right? The only yeah. way that's possible so we,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> is with a sort of meta consciousness. So um, if, you, if you are abusive to an animal one time, it's not going to forget. There is no mm-hmm. take backs, right? And right. they don't understand why you're upset. They just know you're upset. So we were endangered, endangered by our narratives that we tell ourselves, we are also um, strengthened by our ability to metacognize. And a, a game like this that is not just cutscenes and shooting is... It's a story. Like, I, honestly, I think the story is pretty terrible compared to a lot of stories I'm much more interested in, but because the immersion level is so incredible and the the sights and sort of the there's a kind of reward when you go into a new scene, right? Um, when you you get you land at a new location on the map, and you say, "Okay, I've unlocked something here. I can get to it." Like I was not a good detective in this game, honestly. I'm, I'm not sure who did what <laughs> exactly. I know I've got a lot of suspects. I've been picking up a lot of objects. I don't know which ones are the important ones. But, uh, when something is unlocked and I've clicked on it and I think I'm, oh, I'm smart. <laughs> um, and if I was paying a lot more attention, which I have done in previous games of this kind, where I would have like a little notebook <laughs> and write, this is many, many years ago, writing down mm-hmm. like the king's quest uh, or his police quest, um, uh map you know, you I would do a map of the I city. I
2: totally forgot about that, having oh, no yeah. your video games.
0: Right? For having I mean, th- this is from the period of time when when you bought a game, it came with manuals, right? It yeah, came you know, there
2: used to be like phone numbers you could call, like helplines. Sure, well, sure. oh, I'm sure I called a helpline model.
1: Oh. Or, or or in the case of the text adventure sort games, you could buy Invisiclus mm-hmm. which had these Remember Invisible Ink books? And, like, mm-hmm. you can, like, use the Invisible Ink pen to do off a clue for a particular <laughs> puzzle.
0: Well, yes, they I were to, very innovative. and in
1: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They
0: were cool. very innovative. in even, like, in the stupid, like, copy protection, they would have, like, these wheels that you have to, like, if you wanted to photocopy it, you would have to assemble it and then punch out all the holes so that... When it asks you a question, you can spin the wheel to find out the right answer. And it would be randomly throughout the game, right? But they, if they were good at their job, like in a game like, uh, I'm going to say Space Quest, but I can't even remember if it was Space Quest. It was some space game. If you're good at your, if you're good at your job as a game designer, you incorporate that into the game, right? These, what seem to be, you know, uh, horrible, uh, copy protection schemes were at least like part of this, like, uh, puzzle solving. <laughs> you get out the little thing and you spin it and or you get, there was a one, I remember it had a map of, uh, of the galaxy and you would have like a little red filtered thing and it was black, a black map with like red ink or something. So you run it over and then you would see the hidden number and type it in. And that would get you through a gate, <laughs> right? So it's always, it was like, there was a kind of level of uh writing that was very focused on making gameplay aspects cool. So the flying in this game is, there's nothing to it, right? You just get in the vehicle and it flies you to wherever you clicked on. That's not the fun part. The fun part is, using the mouse which was very innovative instead of like just using your keyboard because mouses had to be invented to click on something and go uncover it and it would open it like a little uh a little sub game right did you guys notice um speaking of games did you notice uh when you go to the arcade i can't remember when what's the arcade arcade name it was like uh, Glitter Studio or something like that. I can't
2: remember either.
0: Okay, one of the one of the games yeah. in, in the arcade where you find the pink haired girl is uh, is Command and Conquer, which is a Westwood <laughs> game, right? Yes. <laughs> Another
1: which was never an arcade; it was only a computer. game.
0: Right, right. Well, but it was a hugely popular game. Um, but if you looked around, I, I actually have it on my phone. I'll just bring it up. If you looked around in I took a photo of it. Um if you looked around in the arcade, there was other games that were of the period. So like there's a Street Fighter game, right, arcade game. And then there's a the red alert uh Command and Conquer game is there.
1: Well I I I played that one back in the day because it was because I had time travel, alternate history. I wasn't any good at it because I'm not good at um, strategy, strategy games, yeah. but I bought it because it was like, oh, this is a time travel game where people went back in time and now the Soviets are invading and you need Einstein's help to stop them?
0: Right beside the Command & Conquer game is a spinner flying simulator. Uh, You know, police spinner with like the back. So it's like a meta game, right?
1: Yeah, that's very but meta. But
0: if you look... Uh, uh, I'm telling you how to do it. But if you look... um in the sort of top left hand corner just to the left of where you find the pink haired girl who's looking at some sort of screen giant screen game um there's a very old fashioned vr game where it's sort of a surrounding treadmill so you stand in the center you wear the goggles and then you you walk in the direction and allows you to head in that direction it's like a uh, the floor moves right response, Mm -hmm. and it's got like a little guardrail to keep you from falling because you're walking on uh, basically a moving floor, right? Um, that, uh, got me interested. So I did a search. Oh, and by the way, there's also a moon bus game (laughs) on the top right hand corner. It's, it's very cool. It's almost like electric ant kind of, right? Yeah. Um, so uh I I looked online, and I was like, what are the other Blade Runner games? Um, and I wanted to ask Marissa if you've played uh one called Blade Runner Revelations. You even heard of it? No, I
2: haven't.
0: Okay, so this game uh came out in 2018. It's a VR game. It's a lot shorter than the one we played, which is uh about Eight hours to play through, right? Um, but this one's about two hours. But what's so cool about it is it's a VR game. Um, you do all the same sort of things that we do in this game. It's, in fact, it's a point and click adventure because I guess there's some sort of issue with VR and walking around. (laughs) (laughs) So what you do is you, you're given, you're set down in the scene. It's actually first person. Uh, you're set down in the scene, and then if you want to move around the room, you point your tool to a spot on the floor that's a designated spot. And when you click your button, it fades to black and opens you back up uh, from black in that new spot. So it's a point and click in the same way that this one is, right? You click on the spot on the floor where you want to go, and you double tap, and then you wait until the guy gets there.
2: Yeah, I have one of
0: these on VR. It's a little disconcerting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> clunky, right? Um, what, what's so cool though is in this game, uh, Blade Runner Revelations, when you, when you get in the spinner, there is no clicking around. It's auto fly, but you can look around the room, right? Except it's not right. a room, it's a car, and you can look through the floor where there's, you know, glass panels, and you can look through the ceiling, you can look around, you're literally in the city of Los Angeles in 2019, or whatever the story's set. And that is incredible. And get this, it's the same kind of story as the one we have here. And it's done really well. There's a, a walkthrough of, of it, just like the ones we were, uh, you know, exchanging via Twitter and Such this morning. And it's a good story. I like, I would totally play this if I had a VR deck because it, it has this, you know, whether you are a replicant or not. Um, there's, uh, it's set actually a little bit in the future of it's not parallel to the Deckard timeline, right? But in fact, Deckard is mentioned. So, you know, that he ran off with and they wonder whether he was a replicant um the leaving it nicely ambiguous it's very it's very well done but what's really interesting in this game is that just like um in the 2049 movie where they have uh you know sort of a different way of doing the same story as the original blade runner um the ai assistant in the game is sort of your new partner so she's talking to you and giving you advice on, you know, how to run your A- VR game, right? Clicking left and right and how to use your multi-tool and go how to practice at the gun range and stuff like that. So it does all the same sort of um, things as, as the book would do, uh, the book that's in your manual to tell you how to play the game. But it also uh, offers you no dialogue options when you're talking to her but suggests dialogue options or suggests courses of action in the game. So it makes it really easy to play as opposed to this game, which is like you sort of have to be very fiddly with making sure you've, you've you've looked at every part of that image. Right. Um, which also makes it a much shorter game.
2: (laughs) That's right. you You have to make
0: sure you look at his hand because he's got a bomb in there. And yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently this game, and it's, there's a full walkthrough on YouTube. Um, but it was, uh, put into the Play Store and then removed from the Play Store. Why? I don't know why, uh, sure. but the guy, one of the guys who's talking about how he got it, uh, Blade Runner Revelations, it was produced by a company called Google Daydream. Um, they, uh, they, Found that their it was removed from the Play Store. They had to go find the credit card statement to show that it had been purchased, but even that had been refunded. So something went wrong with this game execution, but not story wise. Story wise, it was very faithfully interesting. And at the end of the uh, end of the game, where you're deciding what you're whether you're going to go on the moon bus or the other route, except it's not a moon bus and it's not uh, driving off into the sunset. Um, it is uh, a revelation like, oh, that's what it was. In the same way that, you know, you get in this, right? You get the sense that, oh, I see how it went. And that is great storytelling. So if we can get into VR games the way, as point and click adventures, I think it's going to have a bright future bright future because this uh this format where you know you're solving a murder you're a cop but you're also not a good cop you're a murderer right this back the background for this world is horrible
1: I mean all, all the corruption and and double dealing and and they mentioned that goose has got his dirty fingers and every dirty pie like mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's very noir in the sense that like there's is there anybody good in this thing? I mean, I you're mean, fucking sl- like,
0: you're 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 hunting, like hunting psychopath. down slaves. Like, wow. You're hunting down and executing escaped slaves. Right. So yeah. the fact that, you know, you get to choose, um, you know, whether you this is like whether you're human or not, um, you shouldn't be doing these things. <laughs> right but that time the the depths of the ties to the thinking about like it's a very modern thing i'm thinking about how vegan the society in the original blade runner must be it's not mentioned right he goes to the noodle bar but he doesn't say you know with extra shrimp (laughs) we have to infer that there's no shrimp in there and the more you look
2: at at the idea of feeding fake and six to the fake snakes yeah killing animals at all
0: it's right it, 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 and so with which you've got a much
1: more ethical which is ethical sense that we don't find in our real world to that much extent. but here it's very strong well they I'm not sure animals.
0: it's I'm not sure it's saying it's it comes down on one side but what it's doing is making you think about the subject right so eating eating uh artificial uh, goat <laughs> um, or eating artificial cow. Um, is not eating a cow, right? So you're, you don't have to feel bad about eating a cow. But if the cow has simulated feelings, uh, (laughs) simulated, (laughs) I think that we're not, uh, what we've done is we thought, we've thought our way out of, out of feeling bad and then just become hard-hearted to the wrong, right? So when you're watching Star Wars and you think about R2D2 and uh, C3PO, they are slaves. They actually have what's called restraining bolts on them, right? And when right, right we, see, Luke we see that with the Jawas is tricked actually, they're into they're taking one the of them off because uh, one of them wants to escape. Um, what does it do? It escapes. <laughs> now, whether it's loyal to its previous master, like we're told, um, or it's just. Trying to be free because being enslaved is not horrible or, is horrible. Or, or
1: the whole idea of like, wiping their memories. Since sure. They casually talk about wiping memories of, of, of droids. Of breaking up families,
0: right? It it literally is about slavery, and nobody thinks about it because they're droids, right? But that what this game does, and by setting us so long in it and making it not just about solving, you know, hunting down these these. Skin jobs, right? Jesus. Skin job, SJ, we shouldn't even use the word. It's <laughs> If we were in that world and somebody called uh a replicant a skin job, you should feel as revolted as if they were using other ethnic slurs, right? Yes. And absolutely. spending a little time in that world makes us think about that in a way that, like, and I'm not saying, like, time in a movie time in a movie is it's immersive but when you walk out you don't necessarily have your world changed um but in playing a game just having that extra length of time your your world is kind of changed um it feels like you've had an experience right you've been shown something because you have
2: yeah and i think the re the replayable thing plays into that as well because Mm -hmm um i can't remember how this game ended when i played it when i was younger but i feel like i would have you know when you play a video game and anyone that sounds kind of shifty or grumpy i'd be like bad guy shoot them right because i thought that's (laughs) what you had to do but then this game rewards you like ignoring that people are kind of acting you know mad at you and then if you just like let them go and show empathy that they turn back up in the story later but it doesn't like it doesn't lead you through that by the hand you have to kind of like replay it and watch the different options to see that's how it right.
0: works so uh, it, it's a family right it's a family of what they they would say a found family right today found
1: family yes that's but, exactly what I was thing
0: but they're a family by the fact that you know one of them's young uh, in in size <laughs> um and uh one of the options in the end of um of that other game uh, Blade Runner revelations is, you know, you have sort of the ending, you know, whether you're the evil human who has uh, collaborated in the destruction of a people, or you're a, a replicant who's a self hater and helped in the destruction of your own people. Um, one of the options at the end is, you know, go with the replicants, um, and when you join their underground railroad, you know your job is to take take charge of a of a, a very young replicant, only one years old, right? <laughs> and you realize that that could be a guy who's looks like he's fifty with lots of tattoos, right? <laughs> because that's not that's not what it's about. It's about you know empathy towards these semi living creatures that didn't ask to be born.
1: Like us, <laughs> like like a, <laughs> right yeah, right yeah, choosing choosing to empathize with that. And this this reminds me. This makes me think of the movie and the book Logan's Run, where we have sure we like have some, someone who's retiring. People who are trying to run, yes. becoming one himself, and eventually, especially in the book, the movie, the movie is much weaker this card, in this regard. Especially the book, coming to empathize with the runners and becoming sure. a runner and working against that system as best he can.
0: Of course. And uh, this is something a lot of people need, right? <laughs> is that ability to, you know, oh shit, let's re, reevaluate here. And what are we going to do? How are we going to treat other people, other beings? Uh, you know, if, if I make jokes about how my dishwasher is my slave, <laughs> the good news is you all laugh because it, re- it it's logic circuit doesn't feel much. Right, It doesn't make pain noises very often. So I don't have much sadness when I have to get a new one, but the more feedback we get from it, the more distress noises the, you know, when the, I'm holding a puppy and it w- doesn't want to be in my hands, it wants to be on the floor. It makes noises to tell me that, right? It struggles.
1: <laughs> and and- And and this is kind of, kind of like I'm jumping the queue a week by started listening to it already. This this makes me think of the next book we're going to do, The Player of Games by Ian Banks.
0: Save it for the next (laughs) podcast.
1: (laughs) But but there's a link here. Okay, I will save it for the next podcast. Hopefully, I'll remember this point in a week. But yes, there's a there's a point to be made to tie in with early in that book. (laughs) A point that's made.
0: Well, it's uh, it's amazing. I'm not in in the. Uh, I'm not planning to start doing an all uh, video game, Two more
1: video games. Computer you know, game, computer game. yeah, but I, I think you know, this was a Philip K. Dick with multiple endings and un- unclear as to what's really going on. You're kind of discovering the story and and uncovering it. It's very Dickian, and so it, it's it's a worthwhile side quest on our. Our quest to read and understand Philip K. Dick,
2: and also, I mean, uh, when you look at those adaptations we were watching on that. Was it Amazon who put those out, or whatever the the TV show adaptations? Oh yeah.
0: You,
2: like when you look at how people have adapted uh. his works, and then this one feels so Philip K. Dick. Like, yes, the, the, this one gets it in a way those episodes
1: really don't. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of, it's kind of sad that a video game from the nineteen nineties understands Philip K. Dick better than Amazon's studios can today and the
0: sanction of the philip k dick estate rather than you know the sanction of uh, warner brothers it's uh, yeah. it's a uh it's very interesting to see how how well you can do when you spend a little time thinking about the construction of a world that was well constructed and layered in right so that when That's
2: the key yeah it's the world
0: it's the world it's the basic premises of what's going on. So once you get the idea that robots are being manufactured to replace uh, uh, ecosystems and also to replace, you know, the labor that we're not willing to do ourselves, or we're not willing to pay humans to do, make everybody slaves, then, of course, you're going to have these, quote unquote, Blade Runners and the euphemisms, right? Retirement. It's it's right in the opening crawl. It wasn't yep. called execution. It was called retirement.
2: And even just the small touches about the animals, like that, are from the book.
0: Like mm-hmm. that, aren't
2: so much in the Blade Runner movie. But the way that they explored that in this game was really nice. I
0: feel like like <laughs> so you couldn't it, you couldn't have done it in the movie just because there's not enough time, right? If they'd done it as a TV show, they would totally have done it. But this one yeah. gets it and says, "Yeah, but we're extracting always- this."
2: Yeah, I was always missing the um, the pet shop scene though in the movie. Like, mm-hmm.
0: it, it, it's why when it opens with a, in a pet shop, right? Mm-hmm. It it's actually it feels like it's working. Yeah, I could d- I could have done with way less sewers. <laughs> yes. I'm not a Mario yes. guy. <laughs> 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 it's true. It's very true. But uh, well worth well worth the uh, experience. It's. Ten bucks on good old games. Apparently, it's DRM free, and yeah,
1: uh, so, so go go. Especially if you're a lover of Celtic, you should go play this.
0: And, yeah, and, and, and have the walkthrough handy so that you can, uh, you know, there's a old fashioned FAQ walkthroughs and stuff that can help you jump through or maybe look at all the parts of the. Uh, Photograph that you're supposed to look at so you can get to the next location.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you nailed it, uh, Jesse. Like, it's not that... You'd never, like, describe this to someone as, like, oh, the story is amazing. You're going to play this character and discover all these things. It's it's more like you get to stand on a balcony mm. in Blade Runner Los Angeles and just think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, look out at the lights. And it's so fun. Yeah. Stand in the settings. Yeah,
0: the um, The... The dog in the game, mm-hmm. right? Um there was one, at least one version where the dog dies, right? Uh, there's this, this website called what's it called? <laughs> yeah. what's it called? Uh, Does a dog die? <laughs> yeah. I looked up all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> 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 Do they die? <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the very first thing that happens. Well, I don't know. <laughs> the important part is. Um, The dog dies in this game, but the reason it dies, or it can die, is because it is something you loved, and more importantly, that's what the Philip K. Dick book was about, right? He's pining all, and um, if you think about J.F. Sebastian and J.S. Sebastian in the book, right? What is he? He's a vet tech for a fake dog place. Yeah fake animal place and people are embarrassed and worried about their
2: well
1: yeah 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 the, yeah, the, the main character yeah i believe at one point makes a comment about yeah it's like why would people get upset over this thing it's like
2: like dude <laughs> the whole novel is based on dickhead wanting a real animal like mm-hmm. that's why he you why know, he's
0: going out and killing all these real yeah, humans he needs the money, Yeah, they're synthetic um it's very yeah, they,
2: solid. Yeah, I think the act the like just like the dialogue and the acting in this game is good too, like how they did the love for the dog. Like he's never like sitting around being like, Oh, I love my dog.
0: Right. Maggie. So that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's
2: just so excited to see her, and then when he gets that piece of jewelry that he has to get engraved, and you mm-hmm. think he's gonna like get his like some girl's name engraved on it and it's <laughs> the dog's name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. It's, like, oh, that's love. it's very it's very clunky early um <laughs> early video game sort of logic right yeah <laughs> um, I it. but yeah point and click adventure um has uh, th- this is a pretty good example of what they have the ability to do which is a-, a very simple thing they give you a scene you click on stuff in it you have little conversations with people uh, very you can finish the game without making any dialogue decisions right mm-hmm. you can totally fin- you, you don't have to choose aggressive or like you do in fallout it's, it's 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 incredibly passive in a certain sense you could sort of have an ai move the mouse and click things but it doesn't feel that way and the reason it doesn't feel that way is because the the writers and the executors of the game the people who made it thought really hard about how to make this an experience as opposed to, you know, a product.
2: Right. And yeah, I that's a good word. They, they consciously did that, right? Mm-hmm. They did sort of a quick interview with them, and it was like, the first thing we wanted to do was recreate the emotional experience of later on.
0: They got it. Hey, there's... I, I can't think of an, another product that did, you know, the... The faith, the faithfulness of it. Uh, the you know, there aren't any sewers in the game, but when you go climb up on the roof, right? You're in that scene when you when you're wandering around the Bradbury Building, dude. Hmm. It's amazing. The light, the color, the um, the sound. The soundscape is amazing.
2: Well, me too. Like living here, I played this game. Um and then seen the movie and thought like it was really cool to see that oh that's the actual Bradbury and stuff. But mm-hmm. then visiting it here and also um the train station that they use for the mm-hmm. police headquarters. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when I first walked into those places in real life, it's like the game that I was thinking of because I'd <laughs> walked through those cities right. in the game.
0: Right. And that's uh, that's the what I'm saying is that this is another medium, right? In the game and this is why, you know, Marissa uh, I think this was such a good idea as a show is because you're really into stories and you're also really into games, even more so than me, right? And probably more so than Paul. See, it sounds like you. Well, maybe not. But Paul might play more than just me.
1: different different kinds of games. I think Marcin hmm. and I are into. I'm into more like strategy, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, less story, like, sto- like sto- SIF, story. Like yeah, you're story more. Yeah,
1: more like. Yeah.
0: Agreed. But um. Uh, this is what this is what I would this is why I was really interested in getting like The Last of Us as a game. Not that I did, I didn't want to buy a whole, you know, per, uh, unit of machines that I need to lock myself into. But because I heard it was a uh, good story,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, good story is more important than almost anything else. And yeah, gameplay thing. is what it's they call the world.
2: it. like. It's a it's a world that the narrative is playing out and that they, you're just like totally immersed in.
0: Hmm. There's a uh, this is might seem a little tangential, but there's a um, a guy I used to read um, wrote re- I used to buy all the m- mostly a game uh, magazine called PC Gamer. It was a review magazine where they would you know get the newest games and rev- write big long essays about. all oh, I remember great, PC Gamer. Great, sure. gr- it's still around. Um... But I don't, I don't buy it anymore because it, it's like ten dollars, twelve dollars for an issue. They used to like issue uh, CDs with, you know, games that were not downloadable at that time, right? Because couldn't do downloads. In any case, it was it was a better value back in the day. But they also had really good writers, and one of the writers um, who I, you know, sort of came to notice afterwards was a writer for that. He. Um, he went into the movie business to write films, and he wrote. Um, uh, do you, if you remember, uh, there was a bunch of Star Wars movies. One was called a solo story or something like that. And what was the first one that was like that—a Star Wars story? Rogue One. Rogue One. So the guy who wrote Rogue One used to write these reviews for uh, computer games, and he went into that business. He also wrote the. The science fiction movie that's pretty good, um, that stars uh, uh, Denzel Washington as, uh, I don't know, some guy in the desert. And you think it's sort of a ripoff of Mad Max. Um, but it's.
1: Oh, you took it. Oh, right. It's got a uh, biblical. Book of Eli.
0: Book of Eli. Exactly. He wrote that. And he also wrote the Star Wars story uh, movie, the one that's. Rogue one, Rogue one is a prequel to the first Star Wars movie, right? It's how they got the Death Star plans. Um, now there are some issues with it, but really it's very tight and well written. And the reason it's very tight and well written is because he spent a lot of time meditating on what good storytelling is in games. It's not just about the special effects, the, you know, the graphics, the soundscape. It's about how to make the story really interesting for your participating audience. And, uh, I think book of Eli had that as well. And, um, I think spending a lot of time, you know, polishing up your prose isn't necessarily the main thing It's looking like, why is this story good? And you looking at other things helps you do that. I think, mm.
1: yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, th- I think that does definitely increase your ability to actually tell a story and. Bring, a, bring readers, watchers, listeners into it.
0: hmm
2: Yeah, there's a, um, there's a podcast, I'm just looking up the name of it now, um, that I listen to on, they talk a lot about like narrative design and video mm-hmm. games. And I feel like once I started listening to that, it just totally unlocked like so many ways of thinking about fiction and novels and other stuff as well. Like hearing game designers talk about story. Mm-hmm. They just they think about it in such a cool way. Like it's so much about like the audience's mind and what experiences you're having, and
1: yeah, trying to ty- tap tap into
2: that. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm.
0: yeah. A guy's name was Gary Witta, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's a British writer moved to the states to write for for um, PC Gamer. I think PC Gamer actually had a UK, but it was surprising. Like um, when I was in university. And they're, you know, pushing essay writing on me <laughs> because I kept going into English for some reason, kept taking English courses. It's more essays, Jesse. I'm like, I really like essays like this, <laughs> you know, like this one where it gets me to understand whether the game is worth buying or not, whether mm-hmm. I will like the game. A big essay that talks about how the game is put together, introduces it to me, gives me analogies, compares it to other things. Um has a sense of humor, right? This is writing designed to create um interest in something and if you think about what essays are for today, that's not what they're for. when we think of essays they're like try and prove the thesis that that uh <laughs> school uniforms are a good idea like no, <laughs> no no no, no, no no, try and convince me that. Um uh battle royale games are here to stay <laughs> because they're the they're the fashion of the moment but if you can write an article that shows me that battle royale games are here to stay I'd be interested in that or the, they're a passing fad which I think is uh easier argument right That's that's the kind of writing that uh you know is why I think essay writing is interesting, not because Mm -hmm. it's something you have to do at university, but rather because there's some, it, it is a form of expression in the, it's a medium. It's a, it's a, it has a whole cultural legacy that is designed to fill a function, but also you can appreciate as, as a piece. And so when I was reading that magazine, I started noticing you know, this Gary Whitta guy, he was on podcasts too when they started doing podcasts. He, he was funny. And he would be funny in his writing. And that was a good way to make me read. <laughs> right? Being wry and sly and, mm-hmm. uh, ironic about, you know, the fact that the, he'll, the, this is the game, game magazine where they'd give a rating out of a uh, hundred, right? And they have the lowest games ever rated and the highest games ever rated, but arguing about what the difference between an 85 and an 86 would be like <laughs> the important part. 86, uh, 87. <gasps> There's a game with an 88. Oh my God. And they would have arguments about this, but the, the, the true understanding of what the game was worth getting or not was in reading the article and sh- seeing the pictures about what the game was. And. Mm-hmm. That is way more important to me than it has new sound effects or has the latest graphics or whatever. Make me, sh- show me that gameplay, uh, which is, show I think me how
1: I actually want to play the darn thing.
0: Yeah. But ga- the, the gameplay is the, is the thing that it has. Right. So Civ has it. Everybody knows civilization has the gameplay. That's their recipe.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, their stated goal is one more turn, and yeah, when they when they do it well, it's like, I'll just play another turn.
0: That's (laughs) right, and it's a (laughs) different genre than than real time strategy. Completely different genre because the gameplay is a different thing, and and so
1: or 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 or, or these multi shooters like you get. mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: But uh, part of that gameplay is the playing with people you know, right? Right. And you don't do that with Civ, generally.
1: Um, I've, I've tried playing Civ. Turn-based people, doesn't yeah, work. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. work so well. No. <laughs> It'd be nice, but it doesn't quite work so well.
2: That um, that podcast, if anyone wants to check it out, uh-huh. uh, that's really good on interviews about the actual narrative designer games is called Script Lock. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, they've got, they've got really good interviews on there.
0: I think we did a good job. I think we, I,
1: this, this was an unusual different thing to go with, but
2: yes, absolutely. Yeah, That's fun.
0: Yeah. I don't expect we'll make it a major habit, but, uh, it's, it's rare to have a game that has that kind of depth that, um, lets you think oh, about boy, the original, the yeah. uh, original mm-hmm. book in the, uh, light of light of its, this, you know, further, dissemination um i believe by the way i wanted to tell you this like when i was looking up that uh blade runner revelations um marissa i think you're gonna want to play that game if you can get your hand on it or watch the thingy um i probably have to watch it I
2: think <laughs> it's sounds the playstation
0: yeah it sounds like um there's like another blade runner thing coming uh tv show next year so, oh really yeah we'll see hmm uh, this animated thing and, but, yeah. There's it, it, It's. I was thinking about rewatching the oh, 2049, I but I didn't. I I remembered it well enough. I think I didn't. I want to watch it. it
2: again because I feel like I loved parts of that, and I also have like mentally blocked parts of it. That it. That
0: there's some very like. stupid parts of it. Um, and those are all set up for the sequel that never happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Opening's good. Were, someone in stuff, a review it?
2: on this game mm-hmm. uh, mentioned that they thought maybe the makers of 2049 took a little bit of inspiration from this game for the, um, some hmm. of the settings, like the weird reflections and the... Um, it could be. Yeah, just like a few of the vibes. But yeah, it could be. <laughs>
0: This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward I think there was a political election in the United States too, but I don't know much about it.
1: Maybe we should just talk about this video game. <laughs>
0: All right, Paul. I know, I'm I was, avoiding I, all political. I was right I was just trying to get us into a pre-show chat subject, but whatever. Um,
2: I am not talking about. Oh, how about the? How about this? You're recording. How about
0: this, Marissa? Um, uh, I bought a puppy.
2: You bought a puppy, or you kept a puppy?
0: No, no, I bought a puppy uh, for my mom.
2: Awesome.
0: We'll see if she keeps it, but I I said I'd buy it from her because she wants to sell it because she has no oh, money. Yay. So we'll see. Um, but the ex- are these the
1: ones you keep sending me videos of? There's
0: only one, but yes, yes, yeah. it's the same one. He's uh, uh he's very going to be right. very expensive with food and health insurance and all that stuff. But
2: what's his name?
0: Uh, A birch. birch. Yeah, I so, guess the father's name was. Oh, is Cedar, and the mom's name was Willow. There's like a tree theme going on.
1: You weren't pining for a different name?
0: I was not. Although, I I see your joke. I choose not to acknowledge it. (laughs) Now, um, Acorn, there's not a lot of good tree names, right? How about Stick? (laughs) No. I think they need to end in E. Like Jesse, right? So I, I've been calling him Birchie. Pine, the Pine Piney,
1: <laughs> Pine, pine and is good, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, two, two
0: syllables. Um, yeah, no. So you can you can extend it when they're they need to be called in, right? Bill doesn't work, but
2: Billy. The, the bill's not we, a, our dog was called Berker, which is probably is also a tree, which is probably Berka? Um, yeah, it was a German name, uh-huh. so it's probably a similar tree. Even.
0: It's probably the same tree—a birch. And uh, what's how, how did you spell it?
2: Uh, B i r k a.
0: Oh yeah, that's a birch. Gotta be. Is it? Huh. Uh, yep, it is. Yeah, that's interesting. I did not. So see, that's why you're so obsessed with that puppy. I mean, I like taking pictures of him. I like holding him. I like uh, petting him. But you're like, you love that puppy, and I'm like. Well, yeah, he's nice. He's nice. Well, <laughs> you can't give that puppy up, Jesse. I'm like, oh, can't? I I think I can. <laughs>
2: it's the little expressions on his face. Oh, he's very cute. But that was the same with uh, Berka. I fell in love with her through a photo as well. Like, I just mm. saw a photo of her, and I was like, I need to have that dog. Yeah. That the way it's like. They look up at you and mm. make eye contact. It's like you know that's going to be a good dog.
0: Yeah, he's um he's very good at that. Um, but he's also got this provenance, right? Uh, this is an amazing uh, backstory. He's a survivor, one of nine sibling, uh, ten siblings, the only one that survived the plague, right? He's got he's he got a, one
2: of ten. Yeah. Wow. And
0: the and mom died too. Oh.
2: Huh.
0: Right. So he's got this. Heavy, heavy provenance, this survivor story behind him.
2: Why did the mom die?
0: Um, cause she had 10 puppies in her and, uh, the previous, uh, uh, litter, she had had only one. She's a small dog. Um, and when she, uh, was pregnant, uh, she gave, she gave, you don't give stillbirth. She had a stillbirth. Um, and then they took her to the vet, right? Um, my mom was expecting more puppies to come out. Um, Mm. and they didn't come out right away. And then another one came out and it was alive. Uh, and then there's still more puppies in there and they did a C-section and she got, uh, and there was another dead one inside. And then, uh, there was a C-section to, you know, pull them all out. And Mm. she, uh, was, had, I guess in the having dead puppies inside you is not a good thing. So she had developed a pneumonia and in treating her uh, with antibiotics, they couldn't feed the puppies with her milk, you know? Mm -hmm. And there was a pandemic going on. So there wasn't a lot of options in terms of, you know, trying to find homes for them. Um, And uh, yeah, they all died of a, uh, other than the two that sort of died, Prior to birth, they all died except for him of uh, parvo virus, which well, that's the assumption. I mean, um, I don't know that. Parvo virus know, is that dog very deadly dog virus. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: They have to, They usually get vaccinated for that, right? Once yes, but they yeah.
0: they had not. You know, they were born uh, uh, in an unusual way, so they they didn't they weren't strong enough for any of that yet. But he's he's got his shots now and he's he's definitely growing although he might be dwarfed by his uh, lack of nutrition early on oh but Aww. we'll see um but yeah is uh very uh bad disease for puppies deadly um in fact i I believe um uh I believe it has about ninety percent death rate, which fits our number here.
1: Hmm. Wow. Right? That's 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 a horrific death rate.
0: Yeah. That's wild. Mm hmm. Uh there's there's another human version of it too, but parvovirus virus, but yeah. In any case, he's a happy little puppy. And he's that's uh, cool. He's learning to pee and poo outside too, instead of That's good inside.
2: That's also a good thing. Good dog. <laughs> yes. Peeing, Somet- outside.
0: Sometimes he'll pee outside and then you bring him back in and then he pees inside too. <laughs> that's <laughs> kinda That's he'll a kind it. of a boy thing. They go around peeing on everything. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's definitely very cute and he's very lovable, so good personality. Cool.
2: Wow! So you're going to have a little family.
0: Well, My mom already has two dogs, so this is just a yeah. But third.
2: now it'll be it'll be Jesse plus dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I bought dog. it from my mom. <laughs> I'm <That's> not <laughs> I'm not in charge of dogs. I I had a puppy when I was a kid. I found it way too much responsibility. Um, so I've decided I don't like that kind of level of. Responsibility. I, it's also like more frightening, you know, when it's your, your, uh, like I, I'm a good babysitter, but I'm not a good, I'm a good tutor, but I, I wouldn't be a good parent because I'd be like a lot of parents, you know, too afraid of all the things that could happen to your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be, re- I would be racked with guilt, um, beyond, uh, the ability to cope. Right.
2: Um, my new thing is, um, I've started crying over YouTube videos of cats and stuff and I'm like, wow, that's, I didn't even used to happen before I had a cat. And now I'm just like anything that like, seems cruel or sad about mm. a cat. I'm just like bawling.
0: <laughs> I get it. Uh, speaking of bawling, um, I think we should talk about scheduling that. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, in the clutch of the war God. Um, what is that? i uh, I think it's by Milo Hastings, remember?
2: Yes. Oh.